everybody thanks for joining me for this solo episode and today i am talking about some of the major inventions breakthroughs or applications of inventions and breakthroughs that occurred in 2022. i think you're going to be blown away by some of these and i invite you to look into them more and let me know what you think enjoy the episode Hey everybody, it's Mike and welcome back to the Friday solo edition episode of the How to Happen podcast. I'm very happy to be here with you today and I'm going to be talking about breakthroughs that occurred in 2022. Specifically, I'm going to be talking about a breakthrough that occurred in the following areas. One in space, energy, health, vaccines, food, artificial intelligence, and robotics. And this podcast was inspired by Peter Diamandis and Abundance 360. I was at the Abundance 360 conference a few weeks ago in Los Angeles, and we were bombarded with so much information on so many cool things that are happening. And I wanted to share a few of those with you today. Um, and I, w- I do want to say right off the bat, you can check out Abundance 360 at www.a360.com. And you can also get a daily email with all kinds of aggregated stories about cool things that are happening in the world in those areas uh, that I mentioned and others. All you would have to do is go to a website. It's called Future Loop, F-U-T. U-E-U-R-E-L-L-O-P, futureloop.com. Put in your email and you will get an email every day or Monday through Friday that has some really, really cool stuff. And I feel like getting that email and belonging to A360 keeps me on the cutting edge of almost everything that's happening, in, in, our, in especially in breakthroughs in the technological part of our world and our lives. It's like an education for me and I use it the information I get all the time, whether it's to inspire me to do uh, blogs, whether it's inspire me to do posts, whether it inspires me to do podcasts like like it has today. So let's start with 1922 rather than 2022. And this information all came from Peter Diamandis and A360. I just put my own spin on it. So there were about seven major breakthroughs or inventions in 1922. And here's what they were. The first water skis were demonstrated using wooden boards and a clothesline. That's number one. Number two, the first manually retractable convertible car hardtop was invented. That's pretty cool. Number three, the electric blender was invented for making malts and milkshakes. And interestingly, it would be maybe 40 years later that Ray Kroc was selling blenders for malts and milkshakes to the McDonald's brothers. And um, well, the rest is it's history. And if you don't know that history, you should you should read a biography on Ray Kroc. It's really interesting. Number four, the radial arm saw was invented to cut and shape long pieces of stock material. Number five, the use of insulin in a person was used for the first time to treat diabetes. Number six, vitamin E was discovered. And number seven, the Australians invented something called Vegemite. And if you're of a certain era, you will remember uh, a Vegemite sandwich uh, being a, uh, a line in a Men at Work song. I come from the land down under was the name of the song. I had to look up what a Vegemite, what Vegemite really is because I, I didn't know. But a Vegemite sandwich, according to the internet, is two slices of butter bread and Vegemite, which and maybe some other ingredient, ingredients. But Vegemite is a spread like jelly, I guess, that's uh, also used in pastries and stuff like that. So Vegemite invented in 1922. So those are the top inventions from 1920, 
too. Uh, all were probably groundbreaking at the time, and some of them pretty cool. And we're all we're using all of them still today, which is amazing. They haven't been they haven't been uh, replaced by anything. But I think when we talk about the seven seven of the most significant breakthroughs or inventions or applications of those inventions that occurred in 2022, and of course, seven is only a portion, a small portion, I think you'll be blown away by the difference in what we've been able to accomplish or or um, be able to do in the 100 years uh, from 1922 to 2022. So here we go, space. The James Webb Space Telescope, which if you're in the know, it's the JWST. But what is it? So NASA launched and deployed the James Webb Space Telescope, which is the most sophisticated and complex observatory ever constructed. It's an engineering and operations phenomenon. It costs the government, us, the United States taxpayers, more than $10 billion dollars. And it took many, many years. And it's an infrared observatory. It's orbiting the sun about 1 million miles from Earth in the second Lagrange point, L2. I think what's really important about this and and why it matters is, first of all, if you've seen any of the photographs from the, from the Webb telescope, you'll see just how superior it is to our to its predecessor, which was the Hubble telescope. But it's really designed to study the most distant objects in the universe, including the first stars and galaxies that formed after the Big Bang. So its mission is to, you know, inv unveil unprecedented details about the universe's origins and lead us to new cosmological discoveries. And who knows, maybe we'll find uh, life out there with this telescope. So pretty amazing. That's the space invention. Now here's energy. Net positive fusion was achieved in 2022. So and it just happened, you know, late. So in December 2022, scientists at California's National Ignition Facility at the Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory announced that they achieved a net energy gain in a fusion reactor for the first time. So in this fusion reaction, two hydrogen nuclei are fused to form helium. A small amount of mass is converted into an enormous amount of energy, according to Einstein's formula, which you'll remember from school, E equals mc cubed. And so this research has been going on forever, but this particular form of, of fusion, this was the first time that a net positive energy gain was uh, achieved from it. And the reason that this is important is because fusion requires a very small amount of hydrogen. Hydrogen in a glass of water could provide enough energy for your lifetime. So unlike fission, which is typical nuclear power technology, uh, which splits atoms, fusion creates no radioactive waste. It can be you know, assembled and put into small areas, like you could have uh, a fusion reactor serving um, you know, your neighborhood, for example, or one per building, that kind of thing. It eliminates carbon, doesn't have any carbon emissions. And you know, if we can get the technology right and cheap and all of that, it, it basically provides a massive amount of clean energy and it would blow away some of our clean energy tech uh, today, solar, wind, hydropower, and you name it. So um, a lot to be done there still, but fusion is the energy game of 2022 health. So this is a weird one. It could be a bit queasy and could be uh, could challenge your your belief system, your ethics a little bit, but I'm going to go for it. Synthesizing life without sperm or eggs. So what is it? This summer, scientists from the Wiseman Institute of Science in Israel were able to grow mouse embryos in a lab without the use of a sperm, egg, or a womb. So that's without traditional stuff you need to make 
a baby. The scientists were able to do so by growing the mouse embryos inside a bioreactor made up of stem cells cultivated in a petri dish. Using a mechanical uterus combined with a novel cocktail of stem cells, some of which were chemically programmed to overexpress genes that switched on the development of the placenta and yolk sac, the team produced embryos with gene expression patterns 95% similar to natural mouse embryos at the same age. So weird and kind of scary, but here's why it matters. First of all, from a science standpoint, by watching the embryos in a lab instead of in a uterus, scientists can get a better understanding of as to how some pregnancies might fail and how to prevent this from happening. So there could be an application to, I'll call it traditional birth and baby development. It also marks a major leap forward in our ability to possibly grow valuable organs for transplant. And I want to stick with that part of it because we saw some amazing people that are working on growing, you know, inventories of heart and kidneys and livers and other organs that are very, very difficult to come by now, particularly when you need them, because you have to wait on someone to unfortunately pass away because it's a one-to-one thing. And this technology might help us make organ transplant or organ growth and then subsequent transplant like a one to 50 thing. Like you could grow 50 and have them in inventory uh, or have stem cells in inventory, bone marrow stem cells or skin stem cells in inventory to make, well, to make new organs. So wouldn't that be amazing? Next one is vaccine. So breakthrough vaccine for malaria and all influenza strains, all influenza strains. So uh, in September of 2022, a novel malaria vaccine developed by Oxford University scientists was found to be up to 80% effective at preventing infection. In December, a research team led by George Washington University developed two highly effective mRNA vaccines that reduced both malaria infection and transmission. And then in November, another mRNA-based experimental influenza vaccine was found to induce protection against all known influenza subtypes in animals. So I know that vaccines are like a big deal now and people have very different opinions about vaccines, but I think, I mean, it's clear that vaccines, clear to me at least, that vaccines in general have provided tremendous value to us and to our health and to our lifespans. So, you know, why does this matter? Why do these things matter? Well, according to the CDC, nearly 90 countries and territories live in areas at risk of malaria transmission, and it kills over 600,000 people every year. The majority of them young children, children under five years old. Why is that important? Well, when we don't have kids, when we have kids dying that before they produce new kids, it becomes a demographic problem for us and for the whole world. And that's, of course, happening already, the demographic problem that is, but it's a uh, that's, that's a topic for another podcast. But there's already been 4,500 flu deaths, uh, for example, since October 1st. So, uh, so and some, some flu vaccines are effective some years and they miss the mark in other years. So this this progress could, you know, hopefully create a, a more effective supply chain for vaccines that work and can adapt to continue working season over season and, well, get rid of uh, a lot of these deaths. So that's the vaccines. Next one is food. So the breakthrough is FDA-approved lab-grown meat. You may have read this in November, California-based startup Upside Foods became the first U.S. company with FDA approval for lab-grown meat. This was chicken in particular, and it's this is not necessarily uh, one that's just about technology, but regulatory clearance as well. So it's a very big deal. Now, they still have to get through the um, USDA, the Food and Safety and Inspection Service of the USDA, you know, to greenlight their manufacturing process. But 
that's expected to come. And when it does, if it does, why does it matter? Well, we raise billions and billions and billions of animals every year and we slaughter them for human consumption. Like and a lot of them, you know, whether chicken, beef, hogs, pigs, whatever. And, you know, chicken, for example, the demand for it has sextupled uh, in the last hundred years. So lab-grown meat has the potential to grow real meat from real stem cells of real animals without having to grow animals and kill animals and feed animals and do all the things that you have to do right now. So maybe there's a net benefit to the animals. Maybe there's a net benefit to the environment. Maybe there's a net benefit to increasing the food security. A lot remains to be seen. And of course, people have to like it. You have to like it if you're going to eat it. But it's pretty cool to see this type of thing happening instead of a you know a chemical process for example although this technically would be a chemical process but or um you know maybe it helps get past get us past some of the arguments about how animals negatively impact the environment the climate all of those things so very interesting technology the next one is artificial intelligence and of course, by now you've heard of chat GPT, I'm sure, that, and, and a lot of the other AI uh, technologies that are out there now. If you haven't worked with chat GPT 3 or 4, it is a product that openai.com, openai is the name of the company, came up with. And you can go to their site, sign up for chat GPT. You got to put in your email address and you can see the what's what it's amazing is what it is. Now it's, it's game changing. It's not perfect, but Basically, you ask ChatGPT, you give it a prompt, you ask it a question, you tell it you want something. And if that thing, if there is, it scrapes the internet, and if that thing has been written about or talked about or videoed about, it can essentially spider out, find the information, and then put it into, in my experience, at least a very concise answer, which is very, very cool. Like, People can write songs with it. People can write books with it. I, I've written marketing materials with it because it's just it's just an amazing thing. You, if you haven't tried it, you should try it. Very cool. Go to openai.com. Why it matters? Well, I mean, l let's just put it this way. ChatGPT or artificial intelligence can do the work of a human in a few minutes. And I don't mean the all the work of humans, but the work that is often repetitive or challenging or boring for humans to do, AI can can do it. And it can be a, like a really cool co-pilot or a really cool resource for you to have to help you be more effective, more productive, and um, more creative because right? you're spending less time. It, like ChatGPT, AI, at least now, is not creative. It's just, it's like an internet search that actually provides you with the answers instead of you having to go keep looking for stuff and putting it together. It's just uh, super cool. So artificial intelligence, ChatGPT, and others, check them out. And finally, with robotics. So Tesla unveiled their humanoid robot called Optimus. And what it is, it stands about five feet, eight inches tall. It's got a head that contains Tesla's uh, AI chip. And the current version can lift 150 pounds. It can carry up to 45 pounds, travel five miles an hour or so. And future versions are going to be able to climb stairs, walk up hills, and use tools like a drill or screwdriver, among other things. The thing is with, with robots is like, what's the utility? What can they actually accomplished, particularly robots that aren't in a fixed spot doing the same thing every day. That is a really big challenge for a robot to be human-like. But anyway, this Optimus, why does it matter? Well, Elon Musk ha intends to mass produce these like millions of them and sell them for 
less than $20,000 each, which for a robot is incredibly low price. And I imagine that would continue to go down. And he believes that these robots will completely reshape the economy and society, that the robots would be able to perform like like artificial intelligence would be able to perform boring, repetitive, and unsafe tasks and free humans up to do safer and more productive work. He thinks that that will equate into a future of abundance, getting back to the Abundance 360 theme, and a future where there is no poverty and where you can do whatever you want in terms of products and you can have whatever you want in terms of products and services. It's really a fundamental transformation of civilization as we know it. That is a quote from Elon Musk. I don't know. Maybe I'm sure that 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 we will continue to make huge advancements in robots. I'm not sure about eliminating how they're going to eliminate poverty or give you whatever you want in terms of products and services when when you want them. But I'm also not going to bet against them because I have seen in the last four or five years the progress that's been made with robots, and in fact, the progress that's been made in all of these areas: space, robotics. AI, health, vaccines, uh, energy, all of and food, all of these areas. And I am not going to bet against, I don't know if these companies are going to be the ones that win, but I am not going to bet against a win uh, in these areas. So that's uh, seven. We, we had our 2022 inventions, which now sound, sound kind of boring. Our, our 1922 inventions, which now sound, sound kind of boring. And our 2022 inventions, which I hope you'll agree sound, I don't know, pretty cool. So thanks for listening. Again, you can go to futureloop.com, sign up with an email. You can get uh, every day, you, they will send you an email that I think you'll find really interesting. And it'll make you feel like you're smart and ahead of all of your friends. And of course, uh, you can check out Abundance360 and Peter Diamandis at a360.com. So thank you for investing your time and your energy and your attention with me today. I hope you got something valuable out of this episode. And if you did, please consider following the podcast, hitting me up with a note, whatever is an appropriate action for you to take. And until next time, I just want you to maximize your greatness. And I want you to create a future that is your property, property that you are very, very proud to own. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. And before you go, I just have three requests for you. One, if you like what I'm doing, please consider subscribing or following the podcast on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you're really into it, leave me a review, write something nice about me, give me five stars or whatever you feel is most appropriate. Number two, I've got a book. It's called Ownership, How Getting Selfish Got Me Unstuck. It's an Amazon bestseller. And I'd love for you to read it or listen to it on Audible or wherever else, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, you can get it everywhere. If you're looking for inspiration that will help you unlock your greatness and potential, order or download it today so that you can have your very own copy. And if you get it, please let me know what you think. Number three, my newsletter. I do a newsletter every Thursday and I talk about things that are interesting to me and or I give more information about the podcast and the podcast guests that I've had and the experiences that I've had with them. You can sign up for the podcast today at my website, which is my name, MikeMalatesta.com. You do that right now, put in your email address and you'll get the very next issue. The newsletter is short, thoughtful, and designed to inspire, activate, and maximize the greatness in you. 